The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 136th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in a few minutes, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, today I'm going to start off with my bizarre story of the week, as opposed to my highlight or lowlight, for the simple reason that I was already going to do it on the Olympics, getting underway in Sochi, Russia, opening ceremony scheduled for tonight, but in actuality, they're live as we speak, because uh, it's Friday night in Russia, and this unbelievable story has indeed emerging as we speak, that apparently there was a hijack situation, some uh, a hijack suspect trying to divert the plane to Sochi, for coming from the Ukraine, apparently, it is now in Turkey, the plane. The suspect is in custody, and just a crazy story unfolding literally within the last half hour to go with the craziness leading up to the Sochi Olympics. You know, where do I start? Again, it, it literally defines bizarre, and what could be any more bizarre than, you know, what's happening right now as we speak during the opening ceremonies, which are occurring as we speak now. And there's a plane on the ground in Turkey with a guy who apparently was trying to hijack it to Sochi. For, and we can only wonder what that, for what reasons that might have been. Anyway, <clears throat> we've all been hearing all the crazy other bizarre stories leading up to it, such as <clears throat> security. Just to start with, we yesterday brought the uh, toothpaste uh, situation, taking uh, toothpaste on planes bound for Russia uh, that apparently Homeland Security is worried about explosives being assembled on or before in toothpaste tubes. 
So that uh, just followed, you know, a long line of security concerns and threats, what have you. We here in Boston have uh, uh, concern, given that the people who uh, did the bombs at the Boston Marathon literally grew up a, a couple of hundred miles from Sochi uh, in Chechnya, which uh, we've all heard a lot about in the past year and before. In addition, accommodations. Uh, we've been hearing the media arrival, and <laughs> being a member of the media, I, I, I know how this works. There can be high standards and of both uh, what to expect and complaining, because certainly the media has form to do it, sports media in general. Uh, media in general, sports media in particular, we've been seeing tweets and photos and Instagrams of Side-by-side toilets and messages about what to do with the toilet paper. Knobs are missing. Light bulbs are missing. It seems to respond to cottage industry of bartering, uh, i.e., I'll trade you some light bulbs for some doorknobs. So uh, the beds look, uh, you know, small, shall we say, for the athletes. So, you know, and we've been hearing all of the stuff about, you know, unfinished hotels, what have you. So it's been crazy. Uh, been hearing stuff like dogs and cats. A lot, apparently a lot of stray dogs in Sochi. Who knew? Uh, so they hire a, quote, pest control unit to kill them, uh, which has caused uh, PETA advocates to go over and create shelters. Um, internet. Been hearing, seeing stories on, like, the NBC Evening News Incredible, one would think, of like the minute you turn on any type of computer, cell phone, your smartphone, laptop, whatever it is, it is immediately, within a matter, immediately, as in less than a second, hacked <clears throat> and taken over, what have you, by uh, hackers based in Russia. Uh, nothing new there. <clears throat> and then to top it off, uh, this morning, uh, Read, read a story that apparently all the people who bought tickets, which is normal, for the Olympics online needed to go pick them up. And there was only two places to do it, Moscow and Sochi. And uh, apparently they weren't ready, and it spawned lines of four hours, uh, standing in the line for four hours in Moscow to get your ticket and in Sochi, the line was six hours. So it just sounds uh, just crazy, um, to say the least. Apparently, the two, quote, kiosks were at train stations in Moscow and Sochi. That's where you picked up the Olympic tickets that you had bought online anytime over the past year or two. So crazy stuff. Absolutely going to be riveted. Uh, I've got. I've been looking forward to this for a while. I, you know, I did get a peak last night at some competition, but tonight's the opening ceremonies. Already off to a bizarre start with uh, this hijacking story. So we shall see what unfolds. Now, Super Bowl. As you all know, I was in uh, New York City for Super Bowl week last week. Uh, tremendous week. It was fabulous. Uh, New York just did a fabulous, great, wonderful job. Uh, 
both Radio Row, the Super Bowl Boulevard in Manhattan, all of it. There were literally policemen on every single street corner, two, typically. So it was amazing to see. You talk security, that's security. They had their own ring of steel. And uh, uh, mark my words, you heard it here first. They're already lining up for uh, cold weather Super Bowls, given Bob Kraft's power in the NFL, owner of the Patriots, of course. I live 20 minutes here from Gillette Stadium, and you heard it here first. I am predicting with really strong certainty that Boston will be awarding Super Bowls this May at the owners' meeting. I, will, I, I believe Boston will get one of the next two Super Bowls that are awarded. I truly believe that. I think that's going to be either 2018 or 2019. I think we'll be the first of the big cities to get one. Uh, the, the big cities, I, I mean northern open-air stadiums, cold-weather cities. Uh, Bob Kraft is beyond. He's the most influential owner there is, period, end of story. He wants one. I think that could define his legacy here in Boston, which uh, you could define it many ways, but I strongly believe Bob Kraft would love to define it as he brought a Super Bowl to Boston. Just that simple. The game, you know, my highlight of the week was just the Seahawks' dominating performance, mainly because of Pete Carroll. He lived here in Medfield, Massachusetts, where I live, little town, 4,000. Kurt Schilling also lives here. Uh, 20 minutes from Gillette Stadium, half an hour from Boston, Nice guy. I've met him. I've done, interviewed him. Met his wife. And just nice people. He was well-known around town. Likeable guy. And most importantly, he showed the world, especially the football world, the NFL world, that his way works. It can be pumped and jacked. It can be feeling dangerous. You know, I just... He was so accommodating to me, and I'm just so glad to see that, you know, call it rah-rah, enthusiasm, what have you. Now all the polls are coming out. He's the coach players most want to play for. Uh, he won. Pete Carroll won. And more importantly, the way he does business won. And I love it because I like Pete Carroll. Uh, and I just thought it was terrific. My low light of the week was simply, you know, the performance of Peyton Manning, uh, how could it not be? I mean, he seemed uninspired to lead his troops. I don't know how else to say it. And I like Peyton Manning. I'm not a Patriot fanboy who, you know, has an axe to grind with Peyton Manning. I've been saying for years, just like Derek Jeter, he's beyond, you know, uh, what team he plays for. And it's, you know, you have to respect him. And I do. And I like him. Uh, but he was the field general. There's a reason they call it, the reason they're, a quarterback is called the field general so that he can rally the troops. And I just didn't thought, see that happening. You know, it's the most watched event in television history. This one's going to stick with him. It really is when he was on the verge of, if he wins, which is like laughable at this point, he's the most, he's the best quarterback ever, period. No one would debate, debate that, including me, who's watched practically every game, home game that Tom Brady has played. One of the fine, my final thought on just the Super Bowl was just as all the sound bites have come out, Richard Sherman, Russell Wilson, a lot of people were mic'd up, Peyton Manning, John Fox, Champ Bailey, 
The sound bites from early in the game, from Champ Bailey, Peyton Manning, John Fox, you know, right around the time of the safety with the loud crowd, those comments seem both blasé and overconfident. I think you've all probably heard them. They've been coming out here the last 48, 72 hours. Uh, they turn them around quickly at NFL Films these days. But, you know, the feeling I got and these are from the first few minutes of the game was like that the Broncos seemed a little blasé, a little overconfident, like, like, no problem, we got this. I was driving back from New York to Boston for that first play of the game, alone in the car, and... The first, right, yeah, one of the few people not watching the Super Bowl on TV, but I was DVRing. Anyway, the minute I heard that safety, and I didn't even see it. If I had seen it, I'd have felt this even stronger. But the minute I heard that safety to start the game, I just said, it just told me all I need to know, and I wasn't even seeing it. I was only hearing it. So Broncos, no urgency in contrast to the Seahawks, who just came out ready to play from moment one. The only sound bite that even began to lead me to believe that, like, you know, the Broncos were waking up was when Wes Welker stood on the sidelines with a few people, including Peyton, assembled around him, the, ostensibly the whole offense, and he just said, you know, we have the greatest offense ever, let's start to do our thing. And, you know, good for him. I mean, somebody needed to say it, because remarks I was hearing prior to that, from the sound bites I heard from the Denver sidelines, what have you, were not, not in any way urgency, nor reflecting that it was, you know, the Super Bowl was underway. So, now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams, from outside the huddle, likes to say, and I saw Lemont in New York on Radio Row last week, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break, and next up will be AP Stedham of Bama Magazine. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests and on the line as our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. I uh, was excited about National Signing Day this week, so uh, that was a, a great coup for all the all the schools that signed the top players, so... Yeah, I had a lot of fun this week following that. Yes, uh, well, let's jump right into that. You know, it's uh, it's certainly in your wheelhouse, and I followed it very closely myself. Uh, you know, it's a great day. I mean, I literally, uh, you know, was watching ESPNU, which is, you know, nonstop coverage. ESPN is heavy-duty coverage, Uh you know, and I and I get warmed up really well because you know I've been at the U.S. Army All American Bowl the last three years in the, in the Alamo Dome as these players are announcing with the hats where they're going to go to school. I've literally stood twenty feet from you know I think they have about whatever half a dozen or so announced during the game. Big names, you know. Right. Uh, so it's, it's pretty cool to have stood there and watched it literally. And then now, you know, to see what it's become this year. I mean, this was, it's grown exponentially, but what we saw, witnessed on Tuesday was far beyond anything it's ever been before as far as coverage. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think. Next level. Like, yeah, over 12 hours they had straight on the Correct. SPNU. Yeah, it yeah. Was, it, this was next level this year. Uh, I, I agree, and they had all the correspondence at the different universities reporting periodically. Uh, it, it just it seemed to cover you know every top story that was going on that day for these recruits. Yeah, and what else jumped out at me, AP, that I really thought was a little different, certainly not the first time, but it seemed like every single coach did an interview, either calling in or in person, starting with Nick Saban. Just, it's like, you know, if you're if you're a coach of significance, you know you were calling in that day. I mean, you had to be interviewed, uh, almost as validation, if you will. It was like, just again, that seemed beyond what we've seen in past years as well. Did you pick up on that? You know, John, I didn't view it that that way, but now you mention it, yeah. If uh, I can't think of any blue blood school or top program that. The head coach wasn't either doing a live interview or calling in, as you, as you suggested. Yeah, I, you know, towards the end of the day, I heard Urban Meyer calling in, and I just thought, you know, he, he's as big as he gets, obviously. He's in the really short list of super big college coaches, high profile. And I just thought, wow, you know, 
It's probably been a while since Urban Meyer has been calling in by phone for any type of an interview. You know, it just struck me. <laughs> and this is after watching, you know, every big-name coach in America. You know, Gus Malzahn, Nick Saban, all of them. All of them. And then you had people like, you know, this is interesting, like James Franklin, a new coach at Penn State, Charlie Strong, new coach at Texas, you know, where they were like, sort of semi-covered on their own by ESPN regular Sports Center that throughout the day, which, you know, I loved, quite frankly, given my interest in Penn State and the fact I was in Austin, Texas, the day Charlie Strong took the job and, and literally strode to the podium in Austin. So, <laughs> I, you know, I like that. And what was interesting with them was just watching them sort of, I don't know, kind of justify, if you will, you know, what they were doing, like really painting the best possible picture to get everybody excited in those football crazy areas. So it was a big deal. What else can I say? Huge yeah. deal. Yeah, you have to have your own parade if you want to have a crowd. So, you know, they joined right in. And Penn State, I, I guess, uh, John, you would know better than I, that was something different than, than normally happens at that university. So, you know, he started his era on, with a new trend, and um, hopefully it'll happen again next year, same way. Right. He, quote, celebrated signing day, created literally a national signing day celebration. I think it goes without saying it was the first time ever. Certainly Paterno never did it, and I think Bill O'Brien just had his hands full with more important things, nor would it have been appropriate anyway. I have no problem with it. It was different, you know, just... We haven't seen the word a celebration associated with Penn State for a long, long time. That's for <laughs> yeah. sure. So, oh, yeah. I'm sure he'll do quite well there. He's a good football coach. And he attracts talent, develops talent. And those are the two things you need. You have to evaluate and develop talent and, and be a good coach. Yep. Plus, he grew up in Langhorne, Pennsylvania, an area I know well. What I like about this hire of James Franklin, it's pretty simple. You, you know, being a Pennsylvania native myself, I think it counts for something. It's in his blood. It's in my blood. It's in a lot of people's blood. I didn't go there. He didn't go there. But in the same light, he's he's still an outsider. He didn't, you know, he didn't play or coach there at any point previously. Yeah, they seem to have a lot of uh, coaches on the staff that either played there, and now you have some new, fresh ideas. And it's because he's a native of the state; it's personal. Bingo. Exactly. He gets it. There's no other way to say it. Just no different than Texas, Florida, Alabama these days. You, you know, just when you grow up there, you get it. You know how important it is in the culture, football. But speaking of that, no culture's going better than Alabama right now, both, you know, uh, especially the way they're producing these wonderful high school football players. Uh, but recruits, Alabama, again, some are saying it's the greatest recruiting class ever. Alabama won again. And would they get uh, five of the top 15 players in America, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, something like that, John. And one thing that they did from scout.com's end, this is the first time they ever signed seven five-star players, one class. And seven five-star players. And how many five-star players are there, like, total, like? Only like 20 or 30, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a small number. You're correct. Sure. It's, not, it's not very many at all. Out, out of the, I think they, you know, maybe they rate 300 players, something is maybe in the neighborhood of 20, like you said. Yeah, so 
for them to nail down the seven in one class, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. I think Nick Saban, I was reviewing this the other day, I think he signed 27 five-star players through the years. And uh, in the first few years, like he signed 14, and only two have not had uh, success. One was uh, transferred, quarterback transferred, and another one was an offensive tackle. So every time he signed a five-star player, they have uh, succeeded on the field. Wow. That's like amazing. 90% rate, a 90% rate so far. Yeah, and I had never heard that before, AP. So that's an amazing statistic. So if you're if you're a stud and you go to Alabama, chances are gigantic, 90% or so, that you are going to succeed there. So right, that right. Is, I, was in, I don't think I even counted the last year or two. I was counting players that already graduated, you know, or had gotten right. drafted and you know, made all-conference, those types of things. Sure. Uh, wow. That's a fascinating statistic because I, I hadn't heard that one. I'm not surprised. I figured once Nick gets him, you know, he gets he maximizes their potential, shall we say? But you know, as we both know, it's uh, an exact science to be kind. Right, and I'm sure that he presents those figures to the recruits, saying now, and he's always he's not too happy with all of these rankings per se. Right. But I, I'm sure he doesn't miss an opportunity to point out the fact that if you are rated a five-star player, look at these are our last five-star players, and out of that 14, 12 of them have you know made all conference, been drafted, you know not only drafted some number, you know quite a few of them number one. I think it's gosh, just looking through here real quick, it's one, two, three, four, um, you know five, yeah, yeah, that's that's five right there that I'm counting. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic success rate for both the player and, and recruiting those five-star players. Yes, I would think that that would be the first thing he would say after hello. I mean, that would be, you know, when he walks into five-star's house because that's it. And that's why I find it so interesting. And, and I hadn't heard that before. The exact figures, I assumed it. But, uh, yeah, what else is there? If you're a five-star and Nick Saban walks in and delivers that piece of information right off the top, why would you go anywhere else? I mean, really, you know? Yeah, that, you know, John, that's not even counting players from last year. You know, Sean Robinson, you know, the, the, the very good defensive tackle, and Derrick Henry and defensive end Jonathan Allen and the you know, uh, terrific tight end O.J. Howard. I mean, I'm not even counting those players. Correct. It, it, it's not... They haven't officially, you know, made it, but they're certainly pointed in the right direction, on the right track. So, well, that's fascinating. You know, hats off to Alabama. And you and I, you know, we met at the NFL draft, of course, and we met because you were covering it because there were so many Alabama players getting drafted. And, boy, you know, to stand there, and, and we've covered a couple of drafts together, as a matter of fact, and to stand there and witness, you know, watch the parade of Alabama players being drafted is pretty special stuff. I mean, that, again, is a gigantic selling point, to, to put it mildly. There's so many that Saban personally has to go to the draft. Yeah, because they all, like his second sons there or whatever, they all want to be there and share in the glory and all the jubilation of being drafted on in the first round to the NFL. Precisely, precisely. Um, well, 
we got a lot more to cover. We did cover cover Alabama, but you know, National Signing Day covers such a wide swath of the entire college football world. Uh, you know, a lot of other big winners, interesting points, different stuff, uh, fun stories that come out of it. So we'll take our break now, and then we'll talk a little more National Signing Day on the other side. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 1- 888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Still on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. How's it going, A.P.? Oh, good. I'm doing good, John. That's good. Uh, well, A.P., uh, you know, it seems like, again, Alabama finished number one on National Signing Day, and it seems like you know, they're rededicating slash redoubling their efforts. I mean, they've been number one a couple of times during the past few years, but this year they just took it to a whole new level. So is that what you're seeing as well? Yeah, it's like a consensus of all the recruiting services ranked them number one. I don't I don't know if that's happened at Alabama, actually. You know, they've been rated number one by different services through the years, but 
all of them just came to the same conclusion. And there was such versatility in the class. I mean, they brought in two quarterbacks, one's uh, ready to go, and as a you know graduate from Florida State in May, ho- hopefully that's the way it turns out. And then they brought in another one from right there, Norman, Oklahoma, six foot five. Um, you know, then they brought in two outstanding cornerbacks, six foot one track stars. Tony Brown's come, came from Texas. He's already enrolled at the University of Alabama, competing in track. Marlon Humphrey is the other one. He's a legacy player's daddy was Bobby Humphrey. Uh, he's, I think Bobby was offensive rookie of the year with the Denver Broncos years ago. Yes, uh, I know that name. I'm sure all football fans do. And, uh, you know, of course, the surprise of the day, maybe maybe in the nation, I don't know, uh, Rashawn Evans, uh, outside linebacker type from Auburn High School. He played with uh, Ruben Foster, who was presently with Alabama. He was a top-rated linebacker last year. And uh, Rashawn, his daddy was uh, Allen Evans. He was a top-rated running back in the state of Alabama from Enterprise High School the same year Bo Jackson came out, matter of fact. And he uh, went to Auburn and ended up transferring to UT Chattanooga, and he went back to get us to get Auburn. But uh, Rashawn Evans, he could be a dynamite player, I think, John, on the edge, pass rushing, and he, he can really run. And, uh, you know, they got junior college guys that are going to, I think, plug right in a big nose tackle, Jaron Reed, 6'4", 325. Um, in an interesting case with D.J. Petway, who was dismissed from Alabama a year ago, got in some trouble, went off to East Mississippi Community College, and he's coming back this year as a defensive end. That, that was kind of a uh, unique story. Uh, you know, I don't think that's happened at Alabama before. Somebody... You know, being dismissed from the school and coming, you know, going to junior college and coming back. So, uh, and then they got offensive linemen. I mean, they, that was a priority. They, you know, the top-rated center from Minnesota, uh, the top guard from Iowa. He, you know, he would have been the, the star of the Iowa class, and he decommitted, switched to Alabama in, in the process. So they just covered all bases. It's saying, you know, some good, good wide receivers, tall wide receivers, and then they got one running back. He's kind of a versatile player, you know. He's six two, two thirty five, but can really run and and he can catch the football. So they can use him in the H back position or in a number of ways, you know. So uh, it's a fabulous class. A punter from Denver, Colorado, John of all places. Really? Yeah, it's in air. Yeah, they just. I mean, they did, and I didn't even mention. I think the maybe the best player in the class possibly could be the left tackle. Uh, Cameron uh, Robinson, 6'5", 300 plus, and he has a chance to start left tackle for Alabama. And normally you're thinking, well, if a freshman has a chance to start, your offensive line must not, not be very good. But this is a unique player, you know, maybe the top player in the whole country. Wow. So if I'm hearing you, not only did they become the consensus number one school for National Signing Day, they also brought players in by a, a, a wide variety of other means, be it transfers, junior colleges, whatever. So it's, it almost makes the class even better than it might have seemed on the surface. Right. They, they, they uh, checked all avenues for, for anything positive you know, that they could find in junior colleges and transfers and high school players and, and across the country from the East Coast to the West Coast. Right. And we haven't even gotten to, you interviewed Jacob Coker, who is, of all, let's face it, of everybody who's 
joining Alabama, uh, you know, starting now, he's the most important, I would say, obviously, because he's a transfer quarterback from Florida State, two years of eligibility. But you spoke to him. How was that? Yeah, that was that was interesting. He called me on Monday, and we had a chance to visit and, and talk about his prospects at Alabama. Uh, one of the things he told me, he's, he's not a very talkative person. Uh, believe it or not, he, he's somebody that likes to lead by example. So, uh, you know, I'm so pleased that he called me, to be honest with you. But he right. has not received a, a playbook yet because that has not been uh, uh, formulated because with Lane Kiffin coming on the staff in January, they have yet, you know, to complete complete all the plays and all the diagrams and things. So he has not yet received the playbook. They don't want him receiving something and have to relearn it. So that's something he told me of interest. And then, you know, he told me about his family's allegiances, for instance, you know, his day was an Alabama fan. He was an Alabama fan growing up. So his two schools coming out was Florida State and Alabama. So really he said that he, you know, he acknowledged that Jameis Winston is going to be the quarterback and, for him to, you know, seek his goals and pursue his goals, he would have to leave Alabama. I mean, leave Florida State. And he right. said, you know, it's always been a dream of mine, maybe to play for Alabama. Now I'm going to get my chance. So I just have to, you know, graduate. I have to complete 19 credits to graduate in May, and then he'll be on board, uh, you know, in June or so, coming up to Tuscaloosa. But um, you know, he's a big, strong-armed kid, and and. Uh, Big with a big arm, and then he told me that he hasn't been tested in a while, John, uh, in the forty. But he ran a four seven when he was tested years ago. Wow, which, which is pretty good for a quarterback, six six foot five, two thirty, right. especially his size. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, and let's that's, go ahead. Sorry, no, no, no I'm sorry. That, that's that's pretty good. You know, he he has that capability. It'll be, bring another dimension to Alabama's offense, which they hadn't had. Uh, since Nick Saban's been there, matter of fact, because they've always had pocket uh, pro quarterbacks, t- typically. Right. Let's be clear also, he grew up in Mobile, Alabama, am I correct? Yes, he grew up in Mobile, the same high school, St. Paul's Episcopal High School as A.J. McCarron. Uh, he, was, he was a couple years behind A.J., so they know each other. And I thought one thing was interesting. He, he hadn't spoken to A.J. very much. He 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 kind of shied away. They said he didn't want to disrupt AJ. He knows AJ's kind of busy, but I thought that was interesting. Quite interesting, and and you, you know, just to make it also clear that you know Mobile is you know a few hours drive from both Tallahassee and uh, Tuscaloosa, so. He kind of grew up not quite in the middle, but you, you know, again, he, both are easy driving, easy drives from where he grew up. So, hence uh, the allegiance to both. But he's going to end up, you know, best best of both worlds. He get, gets to play for both. There, there's certainly no shame, and you know, recognizing that the Heisman Trophy winner is going to stay the starting quarterback and uh, moving beyond that. And uh, I'd say it's a pretty good fallback position going to. Alabama, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's going to have that running game behind him. He's got some top receivers returning to Alabama. He won't have to be the entire show. Correct. Quite a few playmakers, just as there is at Florida State. You know, they have many playmakers. So, But he won't have to be in in that shotgun and and be a Johnny Manziel or or a Cam Newton and 
run around and elude tacklers and make spectacular plays on, on every snap. Exactly. Wow. It's going to be interesting all of a sudden, you know. Whatever element might have been out there thinking, you know, with the graduation of A.J. McCarron and others, uh, you, you know, uh, maybe Alabama is not going to be quite as much of a player uh, as it's been during their dynasty run. But uh, it, it sounds like if Coker produces, they're, they're right back top five competing for the national championship. I think it's – that sound about right? Yeah, all the pieces are there, John. They Yeah. You know, they're replacing a few people on the offensive line, left tackle primarily. And, um, you know, like I say, most of the receivers are coming back. They're, they have so many running backs, it's incredible. I mean, you know, and Derrick Henry's still maybe second string, and that's, that tells you something right there, right? Correct, correct. So, what were your impressions of other schools? I mean, we have heard that, you know, a lot of wild stories coming out about, you know, Committing and decommitting from Auburn to Alabama, back and forth, you know, just all kinds of stories. So, you know, what, what were your views on the others? Why don't we just start about with Auburn, the obvious, you know, uh, the runner-up to the national championship? How do you think, how did they do? Yeah, they, they did quite quite well, John. They're in the top ten uh, this year. And they, they, you know, got some players away from Alabama, you know, uh, Rock Thomas is running back. Alabama tried to pursue, and he he went over to Auburn. And uh, you know they've got some good players. Uh, it, it, you know I think I know it was a big disappointment not to get Rashawn Evans, but they still ended up with a good a good class, a top ten class. So uh, I, I think I think uh, Gus Malzahn is going to do an excellent job from here on out with Auburn. They're going to be very competitive with Alabama through the years, and and. Uh, he he does very well with his talent, you know. And now he's upgrading. He's trying to upgrade his defense, of course, because he needs to get it when you want to compete for championships, which which he did this year with, with just his offense, really primarily. Uh, if he gets a better defense, uh, you know, watch out, folks. Should watch oh, out yeah. about these conference. Yeah, they have the best rivalry in college football these days, uh, may, maybe the best ever, and uh, I think it's about to get better. Uh, you know, is, which is hard to believe given w- what's gone on just as recently as this the last game they played. But uh, I saw where the top running back in the country saw him interviewed on ESPN. Uh, went to LSU. He he just looks uh, very impressive to say the least. Number one recruit in the country, not just the top running back. Yeah. Number one guy. Yeah, big, strong kid, fast. He fits in with that power offense perfectly at LSU. And I'll tell you one thing, John, about LSU's class. I mean, all these, some of these schools, like the Pac-12 came in there and, and got some players from the, from Louisiana. But I mean, LSU still ended up with a top, uh, you know, the second best class, according to scout.com. It's incredible that you could come into the state of Louisiana and they could lose, you know, top players to Stanford. Uh, Oregon and UCLA, and you still have a top class. That's a testament to Les Miles. He's got it going down there. You know, he has. Yeah. You know, he's a tough guy to figure out. You don't quite to know know what to make of him. And you you've sat in his press conferences. You know better than me. But you know, I like the guy. But whatever he's doing, he shouldn't change it. That's for sure. No, no, he's engaged. And I forgot to mention that Alabama went in there and got a few players. You know, top players, and he still comes up with a great class that's going to compete for championships. Uh, I think the funniest comment of the day was, I think, by Kevin Sumlin. Someone mentioned I had a great class. said, yeah, we, but we were number 
uh, number three in our division, I think. <laughs> <laughs> right. There you <laughs> no, go. Number, number whatever it was in the country, number, let's, five, let's say five or so, and we're, we're number three in our division. They, right, the SEC West. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right, as in Alabama, LSU, and yeah. Texas A&M, correct? Right, right, and and that's with 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 uh, owning the state of Texas. Right, right. Again, which is amazing in and of itself. Uh, AP, we're just going to take our final break. Still have a little more to cover on the back end, but uh, so yeah, we'll be back in just a minute for the final segment. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You may not know all their names but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit nflalumni.org. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchOfDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. But before we get to A.P., I just want to say my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is Pebble Beach. I don't know. There's something about returning from Super Bowl week, even if it's in a warm weather spot, because it's always cold back here in Boston. And just watching uh, 
golf from Pebble Beach, and, and well, yesterday wasn't sunshine, but certainly the first couple of days were, and seeing Peyton Manning and Bill Belichick playing together on Tuesday, and Tom Brady and Belichick were paired together yesterday with their pros, James Driscoll from Brookline, Mass., whose brother actually lives here in Medfield as well, who I know, so... Uh, uh, it's all good watching golf from Pebble Beach, and I plan to watch a lot of it this weekend as I stare out the window at way, way, way too much snow. We got whacked again up here, as you know. AP, you're, yeah, I'm sure you got the same winter scene out your window. I, I, I can't take it anymore. Yeah, we do. Yeah, it's, it's bright and sunny. That's the only uh, you're right. You know, thing that's it's redeeming. You're right about that. It is sunny. That has helped. You know. Uh, get us through here, and you know, it was. It's hard. I mean, you know, New York was cold. Um, typically, warm. You know, Super Bowl is in a warm weather site. I've been fortunate enough to go to many of them, Super Bowl weeks, and cover them and uh, getting away. But you know, there was no getting away from the cold this time around. I mean, it's just, uh, and I'm not complaining. Uh, yeah, Super Bowl week in the cold is better than most weeks in the warm. Trust me. But it has been a tough, tough, tough winter. Probably the only good news, AP, is we were supposed to get really whacked with an apocalyptic-style storm on Sunday. That that was like the early in the week, like we were going to get three in a row this week. Right. That has blown out to sea, so we don't have to worry about that one, thank goodness. Yeah, that's great news. I don't really feel like seeing that out my window. Yes, and, and you're a person who, you know, spends some of the early winter months, November, December, you know, down in Alabama. So I would think this is, is tough for you to take as well, right? Yeah, yeah, you make that transition. Uh, it kind of comes on you quite sudden sometime when you get back up north. You get these storms and you're not ready for it. Correct. So you and I have both, you know, I've had the good fortune to get into some warm weather, San Antonio, for the U.S. Army All-American Bowl, preceded by Florida. So, yeah, don't want to complain, but that's the key. I, I think you would agree. The key to surviving winter in New England is getting out of New England as often as possible <laughs> from, from you know, November 1st till May 1st. It's just that simple. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you have that exit strategy, it helps. Exit strategy. Well said. Um so, yeah, uh, we've been talking a lot of National Signing Day, but I want to ask you, you know, what were your thoughts on the Super Bowl? Yeah, John, we, we had this discussion last week, and I thought, as I mentioned, if Peyton Manning was, it was back to like a statue, then it was all over for Seattle. But, of course, they disrupted his flow because pass, passing is a rhythm game, and he was dancing back there like a, you know, schoolgirl. I mean, he just couldn't. Couldn't get uh, steady, and they, they they tackle in space. They stone you in space, Seattle. And if you're going to stop an offense that has four and five excellent receivers, you know it has to begin on the edge. You get you get a rush, and that rush up the middle, and then you must be able to tackle in space. And Seattle has had a terrific defense. And then Russell Wilson, he he was smooth as glass out there. He was really oh. cool. I mean, he, the way he operated, he he never seemed phased by the pressure. And uh, of course, they had some. You know, he had some help with Percy Harvin and the safety and the return of the interception by the linebacker. So, you know, Peyton Manning they put up eight points, which I guess would be averaging thirty-eight points. So to be held to that 
amount. They just were dominated, and there was nothing Peyton Manning could do to lead his team, uh, you know, from that black hole that they dug themselves. Right, 12 seconds into the game. Right, first, psychologically, yeah, you're thinking, gee whiz, is this our day? Right, clearly. Seeds of doubt were planted, but I talked at the beginning of the show, uh, you know, that I thought that Denver, it took them a while to realize they were in the Super Bowl, uh, it seemed. Like the first couple minutes, they seemed a little blasé, a little overconfident, almost a little cocky. And, you know, as if like, oh, no problem, safety. And, you know, Champ Bailey saying we're spotting them too. All those sound bites that come out this week. Right. You put, it, right. You put them all together. And, you know, one of John Fox saying, you know, didn't think it'd be that loud. But, you know, just the tone, the way it was said seemed like, you know, yeah. more like, a, oh, oops, that was a little bit of a bad start. But, you know, no problem. We'll recover. Yeah. Well, it was a big problem. Yeah. yeah. I mean, John, I mean. It, they seemed unprepared in some regards. Yes, I, I thank mean, you. I thought that's it, what I'm trying to get at. And you know, a lot of times when you talk to these teams before the game, John, if you hear someone mention the fact, "Well, we have been dominating with our style of play. We don't do not intend to change." Correct. That's always a bad sign for me because in these big games, you have a lot of time to study someone and prepare. You better have something a little bit different, just a little bit. I'm not saying to ch- you completely change your style on your your play calling, but you have to have something that makes the other team think. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. I totally agree with that. Now, I mean, in the meantime, you know, Seattle was like rabid dogs. They couldn't wait for the kickoff, and they immediately just, you know, pounced. They were truly, truly ready to play. Um. My takeaway from the whole thing, you touched on it earlier, Russell Wilson. I, I looked at him, and it reminded me of Tom Brady winning his Super Bowl in his second year. Everything he said leading up to it was confident, not cocky. He expected to be there. He expected to win the game. Every All the sound bites have come out throughout the game of the way that shows his leadership qualities. Obviously, he has good athletic talent. Uh, he'll be soon heading down for Texas Rangers training camp, need I say more. <laughs> I think we are seeing the beginning of potentially a very, very special athlete here. Yeah, I think so, too. He has a different dynamic that he brings to the game. And you, you can't coach poise. You, you can't coach someone to be poised. And he has that uh, ultra-cool... Uh, uh, air that he exudes around his teammates and when he's being interviewed and uh, that, that stands for a lot when you're a quarterback in the huddle that's it well said AP you know just perfectly said uh, I think he's special I really do and I, I, I just was watching a lot of this before during after the game thinking he reminds me of Tom Brady I, aka 2001 he really does yeah. And you know who knew then, right? What Brady would become, but yeah, yeah, no, yeah, nobody knew what he, what would happen. You know, wasn't a guy that was talked about on draft day and touted as oh, well, we're really happy to get Russell Wilson. Bingo, third rounder. Brady was a sixth rounder. I think uh, they both have a chip on the shoulder, and I think that's what drives both of them. So with that, AP, hard to believe we're at the end of another show. Oh, it was it was great, John. Really enjoyed it. Goes quickly. Thank you, as always, for your contributions. And as always, 
Thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.